If America is going to cover its uninsured once and for all, the companies already providing coverage are likely to have a say in how Congress and the next president formulate an expansion of health benefits for all Americans. So what will the private health insurance industry's role be? Welcome to Inside Healthcare on ReachMD XM Channel 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter for the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Karen Ignani, who's the president and chief executive officer of America's Health Insurance Plans. America's Health Insurance Plans represents some of the biggest names in health insurance, such as United Health Group, Humana, Aetna, and WellPoint. America's Health Insurance Plans was formed in late 2003 through the merger of Health Insurance Association of America and American Association of Health Plans, which Ms. Ignani ran since 1993. Karen Ignani is regularly ranked as one of the most effective lobbyists in Washington and has also authored more than 90 articles on a wide range of healthcare policy issues that have been published in everything from the New York Times to the New England Journal of Medicine. Karen, welcome to Inside Healthcare on ReachMD. Thank you, Bruce. So tell us about the issue of the uninsured. It seems like, and you got, and I have known each other for a long time, that there's actually some momentum with this presidential election, and so many candidates from both parties are talking about expanding coverage. And they're not just talking about government plans, but a lot of the proposals on both sides have the private insurance sector that you represent figured prominently in all of them. Bruce, you're asking a very important question, and I know that a number of your listeners are physicians, and I want to speak to what's different now versus, say, in 92. What we have done, our members, our board, has advised us to ensure that we are providing leadership and support in the policy debate. We recognize that we are a major player in the healthcare system, and with that comes responsibility. So a year ago, our board offered a health care reform proposal, a prescription for how does a nation get everyone in. It's a public-private strategy, as you've said, and it looks at repairing the safety net, providing a helping hand for working families, providing incentives to states for meeting targets. The second thing that we have done is worked in a coalition with the American Medical Association, the American Hospital Association, leading consumer employer groups, and others to work together first on the S-CHIP issue, but also to look at the issue of how do we get all Americans covered, not just children. And I think that productive collaboration has made a difference in the policy community. And I think without speaking for all of the other organizations, I think that it's fair to say that there's a broad recognition that together we can contribute something that is very different than what each of us could do separately. So for our members, we're going to be supportive, and we have been supportive of the principle that all Americans need to be assured that they can have access to health care coverage, to get health care coverage. We are working on a public-private prescription, which includes repairing the safety net and working collaboratively with other organizations to try to make this happen. Now, when you talk about the public-private partnership, don't you think that this time around in this presidential election season that candidates from both sides seem to be addressing the whole issue of expanding the pool, as it were, and including not only just the private insurers, but the employers in that? Yes, I think it's very encouraging to see that candidates and policy leaders 
are talking about how do we build on the current system. That's really what you're asking. Right, exactly. And you've done it very effectively in posing the question. And we think that there can be things done in the public programs to build on what's been accomplished, but to create more uniformity and expectations across states. And there'll be much more discussion about that as we move toward the election and certainly in 09. And we think in the private sector, there are things that can be done to offer a helping hand to people who are offered coverage and can't afford to take it. For example, there are 12 million workers now who are offered coverage and can't afford to take it. So if we just look at that population, there's real opportunities here to provide refundable tax credits, et cetera. Well, do you also think that on the issue of expanding the pool and getting the private sector more involved, is the idea that Medicare would be expanded does not seem to be so palatable from your members And quite frankly, I don't think that the physicians are really wild about that either. Well, we're doing things in the private sector in collaboration with physicians, clinicians, that are very different than what's going on in the traditional Medicare program. And by very different, I mean we're doing disease management, we're doing care coordination, we're doing a range, we're rolling out personal health records, decision support for consumers That has been something that we've taken a very, very active role in. In the Part D experience, for example, the health plans have done a very good job in working with physicians to make sure that beneficiaries have access to all of the benefits they were promised and then have the opportunity to find uh, deductibles that are a fraction of what was put in the legislation, co-pays that are much less, and premiums, of course, that are much less. And that's been a partnership of you know, encouraging generics when physicians say that it's appropriate, using the tools that I mentioned, disease management in particular, and care coordination. And I think that as members of Congress look in 09 at these various proposals, I think that they're going to look very definitely at the track record of the private sector. So we've made a, a significant contribution to the healthcare system, and we are moving into this discussion with a keen recognition that We have a responsibility to provide policy solutions, that we have a responsibility to work collaboratively with our partners. We've spent a great deal of time working with physician organizations, consumer organizations, and employers on how do we develop an understanding of a uniform template for quality performance measurement so that the physicians can be in charge of what makes sense. Can it be transparent? Is it fair? Is it equitable? And we can work side by side with them. Now, this doesn't lend itself for front page of the Chicago papers or anywhere else around the country because it's hard work and it's not as perhaps intriguing as some of the process stories that get covered in healthcare. But it is going to represent a significant change where stakeholders are working together, where heretofore they were working apart. We have promised that we are going to be using the measures coming out of this alliance in a uniform way. Now, plans will differ how they develop the economics in negotiations with physician groups, et cetera. But the fact that there can be a specific set of measures that have been agreed to as a foundation, that's a very big step forward. All of these sorts of initiatives now are going forward in the private sector. If you're just joining us or if you've just tuned in, and even if you're new to our channel, 
You're listening to Inside Healthcare on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Karen Ignani. She's the president and CEO of America's Health Insurance Plans, which represents some of the biggest names in health insurance from Humana and Aetna to United Health Group and WellPoint. And we're talking about the private sector and health plans in particular and their efforts to be a player in getting more Americans covered when we're talking about covering the nation's 45 million uninsured. We've talked about common ground. What do you think is the easiest solution to getting a certain number of people covered if we couldn't necessarily cover everybody? Well, I think that first it's to develop, I know this is going to sound strange perhaps to people listening, but before I recommend the specific strategies, there needs to be consensus on what the objective is. And in looking back over the last 100 years of attempts in our country to get everybody covered, we can learn some things. I think efforts were either too big or too small, that they weren't balanced public to private. And, you know, we are hoping that this time around that because the stakeholder groups are working together, and sounding similar themes that we can actually play a role in threading this needle. So I think the first thing is for the nation to develop consensus on how do you size the problem. Will the next president focus on a proposal that will assure that all Americans have coverage? And what will be the role of the public sector and where will the private sector? Now, we've answered that in our own proposal. Others have answered that as well. But I think that the next president is going to have to deal with several things. One, what's the balance between the federal government and the state responsibility? We've proposed federal guidelines, giving states some opportunity to reach those guidelines with some innovation opportunity. And you're talking about a lot of the whole insurance regulations that are state by state that prevent some people from going in the market. Well, not just state regulation, but what do you do on the mandate questions, for example? What do you do on individual versus employer mandates? Some states are going to decide that they want to pursue a combination of that. Other states will want to pursue individual mandates. Other states will say, we want to come close, but we're not comfortable with mandates. So the question is, will the federal government decide that or will the states? We've created performance standards for states, and if they meet them, they should get incentives. But there are other ways to do it. You could do it at the federal level. You could do it strictly at the state level. And I think we'll hear a lot of discussion about that as we lead up till the uh, general election in November of 08. The second issue is children versus adults. To the extent that Congress doesn't do SCHIP this year, and we certainly hope that it does, then the next president is going to have to sort through both those issues. Do they prioritize children first, and then they do they do adults? Do they try to do it all at once? How will they work through that? Public and private, where do you put the fulcrum? How do you blend the two? Certainly, as you said, Bruce, there are a number of candidates that are talking about expanding the public role, yet we know that the American population doesn't want a government takeover of the system. Where do you put the fulcrum between the two? And then we already talked about mandating versus incentivizing, How do you thread that needle? And then finally, how do you look at the pay-for side of things? How do you generate the resources that are going to be necessary to fund the expansion? Certainly, we know there are efficiencies inherent in doing away with cost shifting and getting everybody in, but there will be additional dollars needed, and there needs to be national conversation about what are people ready to do, how will they do it, 
and what are the various alternatives? And when you begin dealing with those specific questions, you come down from the 30,000-foot level of political dialogue to how do you create a proposal that can be workable, that can be affordable, and can actually get enacted. And that's the measure of success for the next president, I think. I'd like to thank Karen Ignani, who's been our guest. She represents some of the largest names in health insurance, the Humanas, the Aetnas, the WellPoints, the United Health Groups, and she is the president and CEO of America's Health Insurance Plans, and she's given us a lot to talk about, a lot to think about, as the policymakers and healthcare parties work to cover the 45 million uninsured. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune, and you've been listening to Inside Healthcare on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your comments and questions through our website at ReachMD.com, which now features our entire medical show library and on-demand podcasts. And I want to thank you today for listening.